The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 361. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page. You can find all of those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title, read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com, mcclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. You get a free class when you do enroll, 10 Myths of American History. And, of course, you can purchase one of the 12 classes I have available there that does help keep this podcast free of charge. So purchase a class, get great stuff, and keep this podcast free. You can also click on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep these lights on, help keep the podcast going. You can click on that shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Get your Brian McClanahan Show logo and all kinds of cool stuff. T-shirts, clocks stickers, all kinds of cool things. And you can do it at Learn True, T-R-U-E, LearnTrueHistory.com. That's my affiliate link for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom. That's another way to support the show. All kinds of great ways to support the show. Get one of my books. I have a new one out, Southern Scribblings, 60 Essays and Defenses of Southern Tradition. It is a great book. You can get that at Amazon. You can purchase one of my other books. Get your book plate when you click on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can get my autograph in one of those books. There's all kinds of ways to support the show. And always, please, rate this podcast wherever you get podcasts. Share it around on social media. Do all you can to help gain audience because we need more people thinking locally and acting locally. This is imperative in the year 2020. And let's talk about thinking locally and acting locally. We're going to shift our attention to New York State. And this is a listener-generated episode. Always send me your show requests because I do see them. And I may not respond back to you, but I do see them. So this is a listener-generated episode about a proposal before the New York legislature to divide the state into three regional governments. This is really interesting, so I want to talk about this. Now, this proposal has been before the New York legislature before and gone nowhere, and I'm not so certain it's going to go anywhere anyways, because when you look at the composition of the state of New York and you look at the representative ratio and everything that's there, it's indicative of the larger problem in America, which is the fact that we don't have representative government. So, of course, in the United States, and I've mentioned this on this podcast before, the representative ratio in the United States is about 732,000 to 1. So for every representative in the U.S. House of Representatives, you have 732,000 or so constituents. It might be a little higher. I can't remember the exact number, but it's, it's a lot, right? So when the founders wrote the Constitution, when the framers designed it, and, of course, it was ratified, we had a 30,000 to 1 ratio, and George Washington protested that the proposed 40,000 to 1 ratio was too high. So we needed to reduce that to 30,000 to 1. That was good representative government. We're at th- 732,000 to 1. I mean, look how far we've gone in the United States from 1789 until today. We don't have representative government in the United States any longer. We have special interest government. We have a Congress that's not beholden to its constituents at all. And this problem is also found in many of the states, particularly the larger ones like New York, California, 
and others because what we've decided is that we have a size of a legislature that works, right? For Congress, it's 435 members. If we went to 30,001, we'd have, you know, 10,000 members of Congress. Well, we, we don't think that can work as a legislative body. So we think somewhere in the hundreds. Well, New York, there are 150 members of the lower house, 63 in the Senate. So you've got 213 members in the legislature. Now, this you could say that each represents uh, individuals, but we'll just take the leg- the lower house, the lower chamber in New York. The representative ratio there is nearly 200,000 to one. Nearly 200,000 to one. Now, how is that representative government? And when you look at how this is divided, of course, there's one place in New York that dominates all the rest, and that's New York City and, of course, Long Island and Manhattan and all of that in that area. That, that lower New York area dominates the upper part of the state, and the upper part of the state is much more rural. You've got farms. You've got people up there that are like uh, the Midwest or, say, uh, you know, the South. You've got people in, in rural New York that are not in line with the needs and requirements for the city, and the city dominates the state. What we're seeing in America right now is a similar situation. When you talk about L.A. or New York or some of the other larger cities dominating the general government of the United States, why is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, for example, even that important? She represents a borough of New York City. But yet, because she's in the House of Representatives, somehow we have to pay attention to that nimwit. And uh, we you know, need to worry about what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wants for the rest of the United States. She worries about flooding in New York subways. Well, I don't even have a subway in the place where I live, and most people don't. So who cares? Why would we spend federal dollars on what happens in a subway in New York? Would that not be a better issue for the people of New York themselves? And under this plan, would that not be a better issue for the regional government? meaning the city of New York, to handle that problem. So you've got this caucus that's been developed in New York State, uh, and there's an article about this. The caucus is called Divide NYS Caucus. And what they want to do is create a, a type of government in New York that I find very interesting, because this is a conversation we should be having not just about Uh, the United States and decentralizing the United States, but also the states. California is far too big. We don't need to divide that into separate states, just decentralize the government, and you would see better government in California. In my state, we have a representative ratio of about 30,000 to 1. If it ever gets bigger than that, they're going to need to decentralize the state that I live in too, because then the representative government becomes too big. You can't work that representative ratio. And maybe even 30,001 is too big because you see it was sold at 30,001 because the people in power did not need to have direct contact with the citizens of their district at all times to deal with the minutia because it was just general concerns that they were worried about. Well, in this particular case, if you decentralize, you'd have more legislators. You would have representatives closer to the population. And you would take away this rural-urban problem in New York. I think it's fascinating that people are actually thinking out of the box here in 2020. These are things that need to happen. I mean, 
we, we have a problem in America, and that's that, well, the founders created the Constitution, and that's the best thing ever created. Why should we change it? Now, I understand some of that argument. Federalism, in, at its core, is a very good idea. It's a very good idea, but we don't have that anymore. We have nationalism, and that nationalism has corrupted everything, and the Constitution has proved unworkable. And I've said that before that there are better models out there in American history that we could use to try to... Uh, change this constitution. I proposed several amendments in my book, Nine Presidents Who Screwed Up America. The executive branch has become too powerful. All of these things are true. So what do you do? Well, you've got to have some type of legal and constitutional reform. And why don't we look at that in the states as well? If New York is corrupt, if Pennsylvania is corrupt, if Virginia is corrupt, if Florida is corrupt, if California is corrupt, if Georgia is corrupt, why don't we start talking about reform? Why don't we look at changing the nature of these governments? Well, in some states, in New England in particular, you've got very small representative ratios. I mean, that's a good thing because you've got direct contact with the people that represent you in government and you can put pressure on them to make good decisions. In New York, you don't have that. 200,000 to one. In California, it's, uh, I think it's near 300,000 to one. I mean, that's horrible representative government. It's, it doesn't even exist. So let me read this, this article. It's from uh, the Times-Telegraph. I guess it's a New York uh, newspaper. Somebody sent it to me. Uh, let's see here. I don't see where it... Yeah, it's, it's an upstate New York newspaper, I, I guess. And uh, it says, State reps back bill to divide the state into three regions. Suppose the power of New York's governor was reduced and instead rivaled that of the Queen of England, basically a figurehead. That's how the chair of Divide NYS Caucus, Inc. describes how an amendment to the state constitution would change the way the state government works. The amendment, based on an old idea of separating upstate and downstate, would split the state into three autonomous regions, the New Amsterdam region, upstate, the New York region, New York City, and the Montauk region, Long Island and Rockland, Westchester. Counties in the Rochester Finger Lakes region and Southern Tier would fall into the New Amsterdam region. State Senator uh, James Seward, Republican of uh, Anata, and Assemblyman State, uh, I'm sorry, State Assemblyman John Salka, Republican Brookfield, are among the co-sponsors of the legislation. Now, this is a really interesting quote. This is what they said. Downstate domination of the state legislature has become a serious problem, and the division of New York into multiple regions would help restore our upstate in voice and values, Seward said in a statement. The SAFE Act, bail reform, and farm policies are just a few recent areas where New York City-based politicians have strong-armed their beliefs into law over the objection of the rest of the state. As we work to rebound following the COVID-19 outbreak, there are a number of upstate priorities, increased broadband, help for small businesses, lower taxes, that are not high on the list of downstate officials. Clearly, the time is right to thoroughly explore the idea of dividing New York State, and I certainly hope that a majority of my colleagues and the voters will agree. Now, there are some hurdles to this, and that's that they have to get the legislature to agree to it. And these down, New York City essentially, essentially probably won't agree to it because they want to soak the upper state for taxes because they realize they don't have any money. And, of course, you've got Bloomberg and Cuomo saying, hey, I'll come back to the city. We need you in the city. I'll buy you a drink if you just go to the city. Why? Because they're fleeing New York in droves because, first of all, crime is so bad. We've got defund the police movement. You've got 
uh, the the taxes are super high in these areas. You're paying over 50. If you're a wealthy person, over 50 percent of your income in taxes in New York City. Why would anybody want to live there? It's horrible. And so the idea, I mean, is to try to entice people to come to other parts of the state or maybe get back. You could have regional government. Well, if you look at the Southern agrarians, and I'll take my stand, they certainly were in favor of regional governments. At least some of them were. There's an entire argument. Phil Magnus has uh, been going back and forth with uh, some of these scholars of James Buchanan, who is of the Virginia Economic School, and talking about regional government. I mean, should we have regional economies? Should we have regional government? There were certainly uh, a, a portion of uh, the fugitive agrarians who believed we should have that because at least in that way you could have maybe the South control the South and New England control New England. Now there were op opponents of that thinking that, well, New England would eventually just run over the South anyways. So just keep the states in the loop. This is an interesting position because it does keep the states in the loop. Cuomo would have very little power to mess up New York as he did during the coronavirus situation and causing all the deaths that he did there. You wouldn't have that. You would have these areas allowed to react to different things going on in the state. And you could do this in any other state. And it's all legal. Why? Because you don't need the permission of Congress to do it. You still have a Republican form of government in New York. What they have essentially done is just restructured the state government by amending the Constitution. It's a Republican form of government. It is not illegal for them to do this. The piece continues, the creation of autonomous, autonomous regions would strip the current centralized state government of 90% of its power, transferring it to the regions, said uh, John Bergener, Jr., chairman of the New York NYS caucus, a statewide political organization. To comply with the U.S. Constitution, the state would still have a governor, but with political power about equal to the Queen of England. Bergener said last fall as a caucus held meetings across the state pitching the idea. Now, you don't need a governor to comply with the U.S. Constitution. All you need is a Republican form of government. You don't have to have an executive branch. You could just have a legislative branch. As long as it's Republican in form, in fact, the, uh, the idea of a governor at times is maybe anti-Republican because the governor... Uh, would uh, could be you know, more monarchical. So you don't have to have a governor. It's, there could be a, an organization in the legislature that handles executive tasks. You don't have to have that at all. This is, a, this is a misnomer to think that you have to have a governor. It's a misconception to think you have to have a governor in, uh, in New York to have a Republican form of government. Each region would have a regional Senate and regional assembly whose members would also serve in the state legislature. According to Divide NYS, while splitting New York into separate states is preferable, it is a much more difficult process requiring U.S. congressional approval. This is true. We see this in California, divide California into many states, Texas, maybe going to many states. I mean, this is something that's on the horizon, maybe, as people start thinking about you know, local government, start thinking about, is America too big? All that's there, but maybe one thing you could do is create regional governments within this, and then you you essentially use Hume's model of the idea of republic to decentralize everything, which would be great. Now, of course, you can't say Hume anymore because he's a bad guy. He's been canceled. Uh, so we can't, we, we've canceled David Hume. But anyways, uh, we, we, uh, we can still talk about him because he's a very important individual. Creating autonomous regions bypasses Washington and relies on amending the state constitution. That requires the amendment to pass twice in both houses of the legislature during separate terms. If that happens, 
it would trigger a referendum by state voters. So there's a lot of hurdles to this, and I'm not so certain it's going to get past any of those hurdles anytime soon. But if you're in New York and you listen to this podcast, get on board with this Divide NYS. I think it's a really interesting idea. They have a website. I went to it, um, and they want your support. So it, the next part, what is the status? Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort, Republican North Tonawanda, introduced the bill last year. The legislation, Senate Bill S-5416 and Assembly Bill A-5498, is before the Judiciary Committees in each chamber. Neither bill is currently scheduled to come before the full Senate or Assembly. A necessary next step. Right, because it's going to be blocked in committee. So they're going to have to get a groundswell of support for this among the people of New York, particularly upstate to make it work. Regional government might be the way forward. I think these people in New York are on to something here. Because if you can do that, you, of course, can cut the power of centralization. It mentioned it. Centralization is a problem. In New York, it's a problem. In the United States, it's a problem. In California, it's a problem. In Texas, it's a problem. In Florida, it's a problem. Why should the panhandle of Florida be governed by Miami? Or why should uh, the people of rural Texas be governed by Houston? Right? I mean, why should we have that? Why do we need that? Shouldn't we have regional government where people have more control over their political destiny? Well, I mean, this is something we say we want self-determination in America. Well, this is a way to do it. According to Divide NYS Caucus, support is growing for the proposal that is more likely to succeed than previous like-minded plans. New Amsterdam and Montauk regional governments would have the power to repeal these unnecessary New York City or New York State regulations and bad laws that are killing jobs, contends the organization. While the New York regional government could enact those changes it wants for New York City, only the, that upstate currently blocks, since Congress is unlikely in the foreseeable future to give the Northeast two more U.S. Senate's seats, a new state would require our autonomous regions method makes more sense financially and is more likely to succeed. This is a great, great idea. I didn't know anything about this, and I'm glad it was sent along by a listener because, I mean, this is tremendous. We need to be talking about ways to decentralize in the United States within the framework of the government that we have because people I mean, the Constitution has gotten to a point where it's unworkable in many ways. And I remember several years ago, after I wrote my Founding Father's Guide to the Constitution, some troll on social media think he got me when I admitted to him that the Constitution is unworkable and it's a bad document in a lot of ways. <gasps> oh my gosh, I just, I just nailed you. You don't think the Constitution... Well, I mean, yeah, so what? I mean, I've said this many times. We need, to, we need to amend the U.S. Constitution. Now, if we followed it the way it was originally ratified, okay, but we don't do that anymore. So should we not think about trying to, to reform the system? Not with more democracy, not with you know letting two-year-olds vote or some stupid proposal like that. I think in San Francisco, I saw they want to now allow 16-year-olds to vote. I mean, this is just idiotic. But the idea is to expand the suffrage out, 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 so that they can win more elections and gain more power. That's the left, of course, because they know that, as Michelle Obama admitted, I didn't know anything and I voted. That's what they're planning. That's what they're hoping for. You know nothing, and yet you still go vote. That is the siren of democracy. That's what the left banks on, because, hey, if we can just get everybody to agree, 50 plus 1% to agree, well, then it's legal, it's legitimate. And if we don't have that, well, we'll just force our way. We'll make sure that what you do, if you win, is not legitimate anymore because Donald Trump's not legitimate. 
Brian Kemp in Georgia is not legitimate. Stacey Abrams is still saying she's the governor of Georgia, even though she lost by 50,000 votes, which is a lot of votes. She's still legitimate. Still the legitimate governor of Georgia in her mind. This is what these people are trying to delegitimize everything if they don't win. They are the biggest sore losers in America. And I'm not so certain they're going to give up the reins of power like this proposal would have. But regardless, it's an excellent idea if more states did it and more states, more areas caught on and did something like this. California, I'm talking to you. Texas, I'm talking to you. Maybe you could have a better responsive government. And the left should be on board with this, too, in a lot of ways. Of course, their biggest hang-up is going to be they can't soak all the other areas for taxes so they can have uh, stop the flooding of New York City subways that somebody in Buffalo doesn't even use. Who cares, right? Uh, I mean, this is, this is the idea. They're, they're not going to want to do that. But if enough people get on board with it, well, they wouldn't have much of a choice. All right, so I've promised for a long time that we're going to have shorter and shorter episodes. I'm going to get to that point. I'm going to start cutting these down a little bit. We've, we've had some 30-minute ones. I'm going to try to start scaling these back to a little shorter. This one's a little shorter, but it's a great topic. I wanted to talk about it for a few minutes. I'll see you tomorrow on The Brian McClanahan Show. See you then. <laughs>